Amen. Boy, got a downpour since we've been in church. Did you hear that? That's good. How many think we need a little more rain? It's good. How about some on the inside here? I know that it's a Sunday night. I know that for most of you, you have to go to work. How many have to go to work tomorrow? How many don't have to go to work, but you'd like to go to work? It's good. It's good. So I, I'm all about that. But I can tell you the Holy Spirit has confirmed to me that by the Word of God, He's in the house here. And I'm believing in a promise that God's going to do something unusual. And I believe if we begin to pray now and seek His face, He is able to do that. Amen? He's able to do that. How about the Retzels? Isn't God able to do that? How wonderful is that? We're going to take a look at 1 Corinthians 1.20 through 31. 1 Corinthians 1.20 through 31. These are days, I think, of true excitement. You heard us say this morning that one in four individuals are spirit-filled individuals. One in four in the world today are spirit-filled individuals. They are considered to be Pentecostal, charismatic Every 41 seconds in our movement, the assembly of God, every 41 seconds, someone comes to faith 24 hours a day. That is the grace of God. God is moving overseas in a phenomenal way. And not only overseas, but he's moving here in America. Here's what I know. After these few years that I've been in ministry, the closer that we get to the coming of the Lord, the more intense our spiritual focus needs to become. We live in a culture that is very, very subtle. We often hear where the devil comes as a roaring lion. Can I tell you that often he doesn't come as a roaring lion? He comes as a subtle serpent in some area of your life to endeavor to attack and to draw you away from the focus of believing that God is God. Let me say it again. God is God, friend. And I want you to know that that simple message that God gave to Abraham, who shall I say sent me? He said, just say this. Do not give him an oratory going back in the beginning of time. Just say that I am that I am has sent me. Amen. In other words, make it simple. The bottom line is our God is able. Would you say that with me? Our God is able. Here's what I know. Many of you in this room have a need that's been nagging at you, a challenge that's been biting at your heels, a worry that has been plaguing you, and a circumstance, my friend, that you've been praying about and it seems like it's not getting better. But I'm here to tell you what we're going to do tonight is we're going to say to the enemy, by the grace of God, my perspective on who God is, my God, the great I am, is more willing and more able to do something in Jesus' name beyond our wildest expectation. Do you believe that? It's like the spiritual Goliath of our Christian experience comes out every day, every day and challenges our faith, endeavoring to invoke fear and cause us to question what we believe if God is able, creating frustration and confusion. And during trials, he tries to bring disunity among us, 
Some of you are having to carry a burden that you never thought you would have to carry at this season in in your life. But I want you to know, never accept the negative uh, negative circumstances. Believe that God is able to change your negative circumstances into something that brings honor and glory to God. You have to believe that. Being spirit, we are clothed in a vessel of human frailty. Our spirit man clothed in this vessel of clay. We're clothed in reactionary emotions. We're clothed in disease-ridden aging bodies. We're clothed in, into an unlimited thought process that causes us to allow the loud voice of Goliath and the lies of darkness to get to us. And Goliath's cry to the army of God, his cry to the army of God, his cry to God was this, 1 Samuel 17. Then that Philistine said, this day I defy the ranks of Israel. May I suggest to you that every day the enemy of your soul will stand at your spiritual door and say, I defy your faith in Almighty God. I defy the armies of Israel. And he says now, he's so confident, give me a man and let us fight each other. A human mistake of a great big old man. Give me a man. There is a difference between a man and an anointed man. There's a difference between a person who says, I love Jesus. A difference between a spirit anointed man who has a focus and who have, has in fact heard from Almighty God. And on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and his army, the Israelites, they were dismayed and they were terrified. Some of you are having to put up with a bunch of information and, and saying, okay, you potentially have cancer or you don't know whether you have cancer. Mike Williams, raise your hand, Mike and Pam. Mike is going through a challenge in his physical body. They know that he has some, some no- nodes that are there. And yet we know that one doctor's saying, okay, you're going to need some kind of a surgery to let us determine if in fact you have cancer. Nod your head if I'm close. One doctor said if we do it, you might bleed out. The other doctor says if I don't do it, the cancer may get the best of you. And you know where he's at? He's saying, God, give me the right path. And I heard him say to someone today, hey, this is what I know. I know I'm paraphrasing in whom I have believed in. I am fully persuaded that God is able to keep that which I've committed unto him and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Somebody raise your hand if you're going to pray for Mike and Pam over there. Get it up. Look around you guys. We no longer will take that kind of trash talk. We know who he is. Michael Young going in for PET scan this coming week. Am I correct? Right or wrong, PET scan, put a port in Tuesday. Get ready and get going. Here we go. See what shakes, what happens. The report is we believe 70% opportunity, it is, uh, it is lymphoma, right? I said melanoma this morning, misspoke. I should have just said cancer. I don't like it. PET scan, what is he doing? Okay. We're going to walk through this process one more time. 25 years ago, 
They said to us, it's already transpired over the bridge or across the bridge in the brain. It's there. We're going to have to take him down. We prayed and sought God with a positive mental attitude, a positive mental attitude. Say that with me, a positive mental attitude. You say, is that self-will? No, a positive mental attitude said, God, you take this. I cannot bear it. I can't tote the mail, but I know that you can. Hallelujah. You didn't let those stripes get on your back because you were just playing around. You came along to bring healing to my body, and I'm claiming that. The Retzels, raise your hand, Retzels. Pardon my yard talk, they've gone to hell and back in one challenge after another. But if you were to say to them, has God been good to you and continued to touch you? If it is, raise your hand, Retzel family. And how many of you are going to be praying for them? Put your hands together and let them know it. Look around you. People love you and support you. Another man said, I know that I have cancer, and I'm struggling with my insurance. He said, the supplemental, I cannot seemingly get into Moffitt where I need to get treatment. He's a part of our Lakeside campus. And he said, I don't know what to do. I'm fighting an uphill battle. Let me tell you something, my friend. Sometimes you don't just need to take the first news you get as the verdict. What you need to do is get on your knees and pray and say, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, God, you can move on the powers at be, and you can move in a special way and bring to pass that miracle. Oh, let me tell you, I could tell you others just this week, that we've dealt with one after another from challenges in the marriages to financial reverses and on and on and on. And sometimes it gets heavy, heavy, heavy. And then I have to say, Almighty God, I want you to know I'm not carrying this burden. Here's what I do know. I got a whole church out there that know how to pray, and I'm sharing it with you and saying pray for one another. Lift these people up. Knock on the doors of heaven until somebody answers the door and somebody answers you don't like, keep knocking until you get the right person coming to the door. His name is Jesus. That baptistry pool warmed me up. <laughs> Give me a man to fight. They were dismayed. We must not forget that an ever-present God is in us, and the same power that enabled David who had a positive mental attitude to defeat Goliath is the same one in this place right now. So I'm praying in Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on each of us and let that divine unction of your Holy Spirit God, even online, for those that are listening right now, I pray you'd break the yoke of bondage in some lives tonight. Set at liberty those that are bound, and God, liberate those that are bound by sin in their life that they can get free. And so we pray that in the name of the Lord. Our efforts alone are useless. How many of you are stubborn? You might want to get the piano player back over here somewhere because there's no telling where I'm going to. Let me ask you again. How many of you have a stubborn streak? All right, let me do it again. How many of you men have a stubborn streak? All right, get it up real high. How many of your wife has a stubborn streak? 
Oh, excuse me, ladies, you vote for yourself. How many of you women know that you have a stubborn streak? Do you know what? A stubborn streak is not a bad thing. Hello? A stubborn streak is not a bad thing if you use it right. A stubborn streak will help you stay in the fight when others pack up and go home. A stubborn streak will say, I don't take no for an answer. I know I've heard from God. I'm hanging out until I get the Holy Ghost answer that comes from the throne room of God. You will never get anywhere unless you've chosen to stay in the fight. But your best effort is not enough, not alone. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 2.1. He said, when I came to you, brothers, I didn't come to you with the eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Paul's upset. He was upset this morning in the message that I shared. He's still upset tonight. But the problem that he's having is dealing with a, another group, those in Corinth. And he's dealing with them because the church is young, it was vibrant, and, and they've let penny any things get in the way. There are divisions about how what style of ministry. Well, some say your ministry ought to be, dearly beloved, we're gathered together in the sight today of this holy group of people to invite the wonderful, precious Holy Spirit here. Others said, God... If you don't move, we're going to stay here on our knees and our face until we feel heaven come down. And there were those that said, no, that's not the way you do it. The first guy's right. The second guy's wrong. Others said the second guy's right and the first guy is wrong. Paul said there are divisions and I don't like it in style. He's saying not only that, the message of redemption is not totally embraced. You say that you embrace the redeeming message. He said, some of you believe conversion alone is all you need. And others of you are saying, oh, no, conversion plus baptism plus church membership is what it takes. He said, some of you are saying, well, who's the authority? Others are saying, well, who are the leaders? Have we voted on who the leaders are? You didn't vote in the New Testament and the Old Testament. That was God-ordained, appointed by the hand of God or the definition of wisdom. What is that? Or whose tradition is is going to be exampled. Paul said, that's not going to get us anywhere. All that does is slow God down. Because when you get in those kind of disagreements, it gets into your heart and your system. Paul was so on fire, he was somewhat disturbed to have to face those challenges. Prior to salvation, he lived and taught in a very complex world. And he's found the gospel to be very, very simple. Paul knew the value in his previous life of planned programs, timelines, schedules, religious rhetoric. He knew all of that. And here's what the church was doing. The church had been baptized with fire. The church had been baptized with a brand new message. The church had been baptized with a gift to seek God and miracles would be performed among the church. And at the same time, they were trying to function in the same old methods of the old law. And Paul is saying, my friend, get out of the old law and get into the new flow and allow your life to be moved upon by the grace and mercy of all Almighty God, it was nothing for them to pray for hours seeking the face of God. Nothing. Paul made an appeal. 
1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of the Lord, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. What was the key in Acts 2? They were of one mind, one spirit, and one accord. Paul said we got to get to one mind, one spirit, and one accord. Why? Because if we don't, God won't move like we need him to move. We need a God to reach down and touch Mike Williams. We need a God to reach down and touch Michael Young. We need a God to come down and touch the wrestles. We need a God to come down. How about you? Does he need to touch you? Raise your hand. We need a God to chase down our grandkids and chase down our rebellious kids. We need a God to go knock on their door, hallelujah, and serve a warrant of redemption on them and say, I've come to arrest you in the Holy Ghost so that you'll turn from your wicked way and give your life back to Almighty God again. Is he able? Is he able? Is he able? He wanted them to understand the simplicity of the gospel, that there was no programmatic challenge to spiritual freedom as opposed to law and legalism, a place for spiritualism as opposed to man's wisdom. He spoke up and he said, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The foolishness of God. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. He said, you're always going to fight against two worlds. One is the world of reason that is naturally driven by the law, or it is the word of faith through the supernatural presence of God. Look at it. Yes, it's a real giant. Yes, that's Goliath. Yes, it is cancer. Yes, that is financial depletion. Yes, they are running from God. Yes, they are rebellious. Yes, they are, in fact, covered by the power of darkness. But I know this. I know that the God that I've served, I have seen him deliver. I've seen him heal. I've seen him intervene. I've seen him move the minds of the wicked. I've seen him move in situation just because I pray. Do you believe that? Joel Osteen says, do you receive it? I know that you have, he says. Well, I want to know if you receive it. If you receive it, I want you to get ready and trust God. And let's see what he can do when we respond to him. Paul said, I don't come with methods of a one-two process. And like some say, and I saw television, I shared it before. If you drink this joy water. If you drink this joy water, this joy water will make you more joyful than ever. Send $5 and we'll send you a bottle. Send $100 and we'll send you a case of 24. You think I'm kidding? Oh, it's there. You know what God is saying? All you need to do is humble yourself and call on me. And I'll come to you. Paul said... I didn't come with some rational persuasion. Have you noticed that nothing God does makes sense? Have you noticed that? Nothing he does very seldom ever makes sense. He's already set the course of nature, and it functions just like it should. He said, I have nothing with all my talent and experience except one thing that I know, that I met him on the road to Damascus, and my life has ever been changed. 
Oh, but there have been those stubborn individuals in the Scripture that had to do it their way first. Moses tried methods alone. It says, okay, God said, speak to the wrong. I'll speak where, wow, wow. He tried it his way. Balaam's donkey. Balaam couldn't get the message. What did God do? Balaam, if you think you're so smart, I'm about to make your donkey talk to you. What a shock and surprise. In other words, that ought to say to all of us preachers, my friend, don't ever think that just because you're called to be a preacher that God cannot put a donkey up here and do what he needs to do. Amen. I know what you're thinking. He already has. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Jonah tried the methods. He'd had such success. Oh, Ai, just a small group of people. Why don't we send just a couple thousand up there and tackle Ai and bring them down to their knees? The problem was that wasn't God. And God took that little group of soldiers and they attacked the Israelis and ran them from the city gate all the way out down the slopes. And 36 of them were killed. Why? He thought he'd do it his way. God said, no. Peter tried his methods. Oh, yeah. I'll go where you want me to go. Dear Lord, I'll be the Snoop Dogg of all the game. Peter, aren't you one with him? No. I'm just investigating. But aren't you one of his followers? No. What was wrong with Peter? He was working out of his own strength, believing that he ought to be the one that kept his eye on Jesus. Do you know what? God doesn't need us to keep our eye on him at all to cover for him. He is big enough to take care of himself. He tried it his way. It did not work. Not only that, our methods will not suffice in the midst of spiritual confrontation. Secondly, we have one message. It's one message. One message, 1 Corinthians 2.2. Peter said, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except... I didn't try to tell, sell you the latest sports program. I didn't tell you that you needed to add more to your channels at Spectrum. I didn't come and try to tell you a satellite TV program. I didn't come and try to tell you if you take these five vitamins a day, you'll lose five pounds a week. I didn't come and try to tell you, hey, I want you to know if you read from this Bible, that you'll be more spiritually anointed than any other. Peter said, here's what I came to do. I came to tell you nothing else. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He was God. He died and he rose from the dead. That's called redemption. Amen. And if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you. He made that simple case. He said, first, I want to put myself in its proper place. Know nothing. Experience is nothing. History is nothing. My understanding is nothing except one thing and it blows me away Jesus Christ and him crucified Jesus Christ and him crucified it's about Jesus his sufferings 
and my visit that he gave to me. And therefore he states, I came in weakness and fear and trembling because he said, I came to realize this, that when I get under the anointing and deliver, that it is not me that's doing the delivering. It is the anointing of God. I get nervous and I get shaky every time to come up here and preach. First, I say, God, don't let me embarrass myself. Amen. Secondly, God, let me deliver the word of God. Thirdly, don't let me afraid to tell the truth. Fourthly, let me tell it in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Fifthly, let me inspire somebody who's dead wood in the house to catch fire one more time. Sixthly, let me encourage people that this is not all there is. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Seventhly or eighthly or whatever it is. And that we are to go and be disciples and tell everybody we know. And ninthly, hallelujah, we are to let God know passionately that we are in love with him. And tenthly, I want my feet to be ready to go when the trumpet sounds and get out of here in the name of Jesus Christ. Paul stepped out of a world he could explain when he was Saul. He stepped into a world of faith. He stepped into a world of miracles and the supernatural. He stepped into a world that defies the wisdom of man and said, that's all that I have you people are arguing and you're upset. But listen, while you're arguing, somebody's dying and going to hell and someone's missing their healing and someone's taking a wrong turn because you're not as a church believing that it's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus. Finally, we have God's dynamic power. His dynamic power. His dynamic power. Do we know thou art worthy, great Jehovah? We got that. Thou art worthy, great Jehovah. Thou art worthy, Almighty Thou art worthy The Father Thou art worthy Is that F? Can you run up to F? Thou art worthy. Come on, stand, lift your hands. Jehovah, thou art worthy, almighty God, thou 
you see it again, please raise your hand. Let's begin to talk to him. Let's begin to worship him. Would you join me? talks that he comes in demonstration and in power and how does it happen I hear people talk about you know wow we want to see the power of God move let me tell you for that to come to pass he's going to have to shake your little fancy first if you want God to move let me tell you the first person to start with is you God, what is it that's going on in my life that I'm not letting you just have full course of my body, my tongue, my thoughts, everything else? We need a touch from God. So here's what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. You just keep worshiping. Those of you that need a miracle and need prayer, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to get in the aisle nearest you. And I'm just going to say, step on out there. And when somebody steps in that aisle, you're the anointed that's going to pray for them. And God's going to heal them. God's going to deliver them. God's going to anoint them. God's going to redeem them. Because the church is about to do something that brings pleasure to the heart of God. You received the magazine, Pentecostal. I stood at Azusa Street. It's not like it was back then. There's a sign, says Azusa Street. Somebody asked me, did you feel something? Nope, I didn't feel a thing. It's a sign that said Azusa Street. But I want to tell you something. We don't have a sign that says Azusa Street as far as I know. But I know this. That same power is here. As we sing this song again, if you have any need at all, slip into that aisle. And if you see someone, I don't care whether you know how to pray or not. If you do nothing but lay your hand in agreement, somebody will get around you and we'll be able to pray. Here we go. Everybody sing it together. Y'all slip out in that aisle and there and back there, over there, way back there. Somebody get back there. Thou art worthy.
presence in the presence of Jehovah. Come on, give us somebody pray heaven down back there. Oh, Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. Don't let up, friend. Pray. Keep praying for these people. Keep believing God. Don't slack off. Hang in there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't stop. Please don't stop. My God Almighty, oh Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace, my struggles Sing it one more time. He was there. Was 
You might be seated. Let's sing it again. Don't quit worshiping. One more time. Here we go. Come on out here. Matter of fact, come down here. You, you didn't know. You can tell us who you are. You, you had no idea. We want to get that camera and be sure everybody sees you. Come on. Here we go. Y'all scared? Yeah. To tell us who you are. Shirley Waller. Shirley Waller. Ralph Waller. Shirley and Ralph. Okay, you had a miracle. Yes, sir. What was it? God help me. He did. Look right in that camera right over there because a lot of people around the world are watching you. Well, he healed me of two cancers. You don't have any doubt about it, do you? No. Shirley, how about you? God healed my lungs when they said it. Doctors said they couldn't be healed, that they were being destroyed. How long ago was that? Uh, within the last year last year uh, in January so what they say about you that I couldn't be healed I went to Denver Colorado for help and the doctor said I've never seen this before the pet scan showed it the cat scan showed it it doesn't go away but it's gone <laughs> love you guys amen and amen it's the power of prayer and the power of prayer of Victory Church behind us. Amen. And that's what I told the doctors. Amen. You got to love these people. Amen. Now you tell people about your healing. Oh, I tell people. I tell the doctors too. Do you really? I do. I mean, you're not ashamed. They looked at me like I had three heads, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the God we serve. One more time. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Amen. I'll give you a free coupon to Chick-fil-A. God bless you, Ralph. Isn't God good? Do you believe that? You really believe that? Amen. Retzels, I want to come to you and see how you're doing. Can we do that? I don't think you ever cook, by the way. So I see you on Facebook a lot. So what's, what's going on with you guys? Well, we're just continuing on. Janet's um, just in pain every day. Uh -huh. Some days she's uh, crying in the morning and crying at night, and, mm -hmm. but she just never forgets uh, or never um, stops praying. She says, and just this morning she came, she said, I'm putting some on Facebook. I've got this giant in front of me, but we're going to do it, Lord. We're going to take care of him. And you're committed. I am committed. I will never stop praying. Well, do you have any word for the devil? I just, I just rebuke him every day, all day long. I said this morning, I said, Jeff, you got to rebuke Satan. I, I, I just, I, I want I wanted to be healed in my stroke. Totally healed? Yes. You, God's totally healed yeah. you a lot, yes, hasn't he? Yes, had. he Was the last couple of years? Yeah. Three you shouldn't years. even be alive. No, I shouldn't be but alive. But by the grace of God, amen. I'm in so, so here much we go. Better. Father, Lord Jesus, in your name, we pray complete and total healing. 
over Janet Ressel, Retzel. We pray in the name of the Lord that you would sustain her in anything that had to do with the stroke that she had. We bind every lie of the enemy and let the spirit in her fight and say to the Goliath, I come not in might or my power, but I come in the name of Jesus Christ, who's still able to minister and to heal. Now touch her and give them more miracles. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now look out here. How many of you are going to be praying for the Retzel family? Okay, God bless you guys. Amen. Isn't God good? Don't you think? Somebody said, do you know what time it is? Yeah, I did. I know exactly. But amen. You two girls. Yeah. Women. So let's face the camera. Right over here. Where's it at? There you are. What's your name? Denise. Are you married? Yes, I am. To whom? That guy right there. That guy? Yes. <laughs> uh, how long have you been a believer? Since I was born, but a believer four years ago. Four? Yeah, I was born in the uh, church, but um, I went through really bad situations and came. I live in Puerto Rico, but I have to leave for one month, Dominican Republic. From Dominican Republic, I came here with my four girls, $100 in my pocket only. They had to pay my ticket, and I live in one pastor house down in Severin for three months. I felt my spirit led me to this church. I had to learn the language. And God, in only three years, has brought me to here. Every time I'm here, and if you see me praising the Lord, it's because He's brought me here, because He led me here. And if it's not with Him, I've never made it. He brought me this awesome guy here. One year and a half ago, we got married. And I haven't seen one person that is willing to take care of four daughters in a single mom with a very, very limited job. But God is able. The reason I called you out is I watch you. And I learn a little bit about your history. And I watch you worship. And I look up and uh, you're here. Come on over here. <laughs> I gotta be with my own wife. So what's it like? What's it like being married to this gal and four daughters? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, <laughs> That's a good it's word. very, uh, very exciting. Uh, is, yeah. is this one of your daughters? Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's my oldest daughter. She's your oldest. What's mm -hmm. her name? Jenny Ellie. Okay, here you are. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. So you see that camera? All right. Uh, I won't ask you how old you are because you look mature enough not to want to tell. All right. <laughs> but I watch you worship. Yes. And I would consider you younger than I am. That could be possible. <laughs> I consider you of uh, maybe the millennial generation. <laughs> True. But when I look out here, it appears that there's nothing that hinders you 
from worshiping God. You know the songs and you sing them and you engage in worship. And every time I look at y'all, that's yard talk. Ewan's is yard talk. But I look and no one else around you may be worshiping. But you're letting Jesus know how do you feel. Why is that? Because he's my Savior. Your Savior. How long have you been trusting him? Well, I was raised in church. I've seen him. I've seen his miracles, and I've seen my family, and I've seen her. And really, this past week, there's been a constant calling for my life who I am and for my spirit, my soul. And I feel like this week's been very powerful and I just keep trusting him and I worship him because of his greatness, of his love and of his grace. And there's nothing bigger than that in my life. Are you ready to pray for her? You ready to pray for this family? Stretch your hands over here, Father. We know that sitting among us are little miracles. Precious little family, a single mom until a year and a half ago with four precious daughters. And God who came and maybe not have a lot of hope, but had a faith in God. And that faith could not be denied. You did not let them down, God. You directed them here. You gave them a place to worship. You gave them where they felt accepted. You gave them a congregation of people that lift them up. And now we will do a better job because we know who they are and we know what you're doing. I pray for this young one right here. God, I pray whatever it is you're doing in her life, whatever calling it is that you have in her life, just open the door in the name of Jesus. Her heart is tender and she will follow. And we declare it in the name of the Lord. Direct her path and we'll give you praise and honor. And everybody said, amen, amen. 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 Loving Jesus, give it up one more time. Okay, thank you. You ready to stand? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this night. Thank you for these people. We're not going to (laughs) stop. There's not going to be a benediction. We're just going to, we're just going to say, Holy Spirit, please continue. Please speak to hearts and lives. Let our intimacy with you become greater than we could ever imagine. And God, we know that out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that call this church their home, I pray a divine anointing on all of them to join in passionate ranks and declare, look what the Lord has done. Oh, Father, we thank you and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, they're going to keep worshiping, right? A few more minutes. So if you want to worship, you're welcome to do that. If you want to get your umbrella and run, it's raining, you can do that. If you just want a fellowship, you can do that. In other words, here it is. You do what you want to. Be led by the Spirit. Amen. If you need to go pray for somebody, you just walk on over there and pray for them. Get permission. Amen. Get permission. Just do that. Let God move in a special way.